It is the Superflex Super Show. It is week 12. It is your standard operating procedures for a Superflex week. And I am John Hogue at Superflex Dude, flying solo. One of the hardest things to do in all of podcasting, by the way. Uh, believe it or not, I would uh, I would far prefer to have my good friend Sam Stompy Lane yelling at me right now uh, than I would to uh to be talking to uh essentially myself right at the moment but hopefully uh you can get something out of this we didn't get a standard operating procedures episode out last week and felt like we uh we needed to get one in before the waiver wire runs uh early tomorrow morning wednesday morning uh so this is going to come out immediately as soon as i get done i'll make it a fairly short one um but uh we uh We've, we've we've got plenty to talk about, especially for Superflex. Uh, a lot of names to to get to, so let's uh, let's jump right in. Actually, before I do, I, I I just want to tell you real quick about another podcast from the DLF family of podcasts, the Destination Devi podcast, and we had the host Ray Garvin on the Superflex Super Show two weeks ago. So go back and check out that episode, uh, talking about the incoming. Uh, rookie class in 2020 and helping you get prepped for uh, for your rookie drafts in Superflex. Just kind of giving you some names to keep an eye on. They're the the obvious ones and and some things that probably change now that Tua uh, is out with uh, that hip dislocation um, that uh, that could affect his uh, his draft stock. And we'll definitely be talking with Ray some more about that going forward but he gave you some some names that you might not have known about so go back and check that out and in the meantime check out the destination Devi podcast it's a dynasty fantasy football podcast with your host ray garvin focusing on college football prospects and Devi dynasty leagues ray provides quick hitting statistical and fi- film analysis on how the college and Devi players might translate to future fantasy football success for your dynasty fantasy football teams helping you see around corners so that you can uh, always be a step ahead of of your leagues whether you're playing Devi or not you're always going to be prepared for your super flex rookie drafts as long as you keep up with ray and the destination Devi podcast you can subscribe obviously to the podcast itself or you can just subscribe to the dlf family of podcasts mega feed where you'll get access to all of the great podcasts from dlf including the Destination Devi podcast and the Superflex Super Show. Let's get to the SOPs, though. And uh, we'll, I'm just going to start with some ads for you real quick. Um, I, I, I won't go quite as in-depth as we usually do. Uh, it's getting a little tougher this time of year. Fab starts to starts to get drained down quite a bit you know people have spent a ton of money already earlier in the season we had so many quarterbacks hitting you know available on waiver wires and uh you know people throwing fab at guys like mason rudolph and possibly gardner Minshew. you know guys like that uh you know maybe ryan finley uh, there there have been so many quarterbacks available this year who have been usable. Teddy Bridgewater, there's another great one for you. Uh, he probably cost a lot of fab for uh, whoever ended up uh, picking him up for that that short stretch where Dr- Drew Brees 
was uh, unavailable. So, uh, you know, as, as Fab kind of gets drained down a little bit, you also start to kind of weed through, you know, the, you, you kind of weed out the non-contenders in your league. And people's people's objectives start to change a little bit when you're playing the waiver wire. So, you know, in a redraft league, everybody you're still playing to win. Uh, we can prioritize these guys based on that. In a dynasty league, though, things change a little bit. You know, if you're if you're on track to make the playoffs and make a push, then you're probably looking for the guys who are going to help you right now. You know, there's some there are always some running backs available. There are some tight ends who aren't necessarily going to be long term propositions, but right now uh, they can help your your team uh, get to the playoffs and make a push. And if you're, you know, if you're if you're on the outside looking in, it doesn't look like you're going to make the playoffs. And even if you do get there, you're, you know, you've kind of resigned yourself to the likelihood that you're going to be a one and done. Then you're kind of looking for some more long-term guys, some young wide receivers, maybe even some quarterbacks. And uh, there's there's a little bit of everything. Uh, it's it's definitely picked through at this point in the season, but some guys always kind of pop up. So uh, some some guys that you can prioritize on waiver wires uh, before this waiver run include. So first of all, let's start the quarterback position, easily the most important position in Superflex. Jeff Driscoll has been a, a just a revelation at quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Didn't Really did not expect for him to play well at all. And in fact, I had him ranked as my absolute worst quarterback for the week in week 11. And man, did he prove me wrong. I mean, he's not super efficient, 15 and 26, only 209 yards passing, but he did throw for two touchdowns. And here's the big thing, eight carries. So we always talk about that rushing floor, that uh, or the rushing upside is is really what we're chasing. If, we, if you can get a rushing floor out of a quarterback, you're you're thrilled because that's Lamar Jackson that's that's you know that's Russell Wilson to a to an extent and Dak Prescott to an extent and Josh Allen uh but just a even some rushing upside we call that a cheat code and it looks like Jeff Driscoll might actually provide that eight carries 51 yards and a touchdown he apparently he's a, he's going to be a running quarterback and uh apparently they're they're going to let him let him do that. They're going to use him in that way. So Jeff Driscoll becomes pretty interesting in Superflex. Now, the other the other thing here is how long, how long is Matthew Stafford out? As the Lions fall farther and farther out of contention for the playoffs, is there any reason to let Matthew Stafford come back and bring him bring him back with a, multiple fractures in his back? I don't know that there's any reason to to even chance it so there's Jeff Driscoll playing well enough that but the team's still losing and just the nature of the injury to Matthew Stafford it all just kind of lines up to Jeff Driscoll possibly finishing out this season as a starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions so you know if 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 you're still not set at the quarterback position right now for instance, if you had Andy Dalton and then you lost him as a starter, you had Gardner Minshew, and you know, and you were relying on these guys. 
or another guy that we're going to get to <laughs> in a little bit here, uh, Philip Rivers. If you're not feeling great about Philip Rivers as a starting, continuing to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for the rest of the season, Mitchell Trubisky could also fall into that same category, very possibly. Uh, you know, if you're if you're starting to feel like you're going to have a hard time filling that super flex position with a quarterback, with a starting NFL quarterback, uh, because you've already lost that guy, or because you you feel like you're in danger of losing that guy. I think you could do a lot worse than Jeff Driscoll. I don't think that you're necessarily going to have to put a huge claim on him, at, at least not yet. Uh, but I think that uh, you know I I would probably be willing to go as high as as twenty percent of the starting budget, which very well may be an all in. Uh, but if that's if that's the weakness of your team. If you've got a contending team, except for the fact that you've got Philip Rivers or Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, I think that you're that you're looking at Jeff Driscoll as a guy to potentially take on that role for you and uh, and help you finish off the season strong. Uh, a couple other guys, um, that's that's kind of it at the quarterback position. So we'll move on actually to the running backs where. It it was starting to look like maybe we, when Marlon Mack went down with his fractured hand, it was starting to look like maybe Jordan Wilkins was going to be the pickup. Unfortunately, he was also inactive uh, for Sunday's game, and it, he's likely going to be inactive for Thursday night's game as well. Uh, so Jonathan Williams ends up being the the guy getting all the work. Finally, we've seen this coming. We've we've all been huge fans of Jonathan Williams and his multiple stops. Uh, he finally gets an opportunity and and made the most of it uh, with the Indianapolis Colts this week. It makes for a, a very tricky situation though. Naheem Hines is still there and still healthy. He's not going to be the feature back, but he's going to be on the field probably in third down situations primarily. There's a chance that he kind of steps into a, a little bit of a lead back role as well at some point. Jonathan Williams obviously has the opportunity here, but it's hard to say when Jordan Wilkins comes back and... Uh, when he does come back, if it's going going to be into that starting role, or if it's going to be as a as a backup to Jonathan Williams, so I think that in this case you probably, I I, I think you're probably looking at around a ten percent of the starting budget, kind of is the absolute most for either one of those guys, and I think you if you've got the roster space to do it, I think you almost have to take both of those guys. If you can get them both, I think that's kind of the way to go. I think Jonathan Williams probably helps you on Thursday night. And he again, he's going to get the first crack at being the lead back going forward. But I think that Jordan Wilkins is, is going to make the leash awfully short on Jonathan Williams. And uh, it's, it's going to be a little tough. Beyond Thursday, it's going to be a little tough to sort through that situation. Bo Scarborough, on the other hand, uh, seems like he took on the starting role 
for uh for Detroit. It looks like he's the the new feature back for the Detroit Lions. JD McKissick just he he proved to be more of a pass catcher and uh Ty Johnson just has not been able to get healthy. Bo Scarborough on the other hand finally got the he got an opportunity in week 11 and uh, looked like the feature back that they've been looking for since Carrion Johnson went down with that injury. So Bo Scarborough probably is going to be your top priority, actually, for uh, for contenders who are looking for running back help, looking for that last wave of running backs that always comes along at this point in the season. You know, last year we had, we and we talk about this all the time on the Super Show, but last year you had guys like Gus Edwards, you had Josh Adams, you know, you you had C.J. Anderson, you had Damian Williams. All these guys kind of came along late in the season and carried fantasy teams to to fantasy championships. Bo Scarborough looks like the the best of this particular group, at least for this week. He looks like the most likely to be that guy. He looks like the guy who is going to have a lead a lead back type of role he's going to be the goal line guy he's going to be the short yardage guy he's going to be the chain mover jd mckissick is still going to be there to catch passes and you're going to get some ty johnson as a change of pace but it looks like bo scarborough is going to be the lead back whereas going back to indianapolis you know jonathan williams is the lead back until jordan wilkins gets back and then who who knows uh by the way quentin nelson it looks like got a carry uh, in that Indianapolis game. So you even have to worry about him vulturing carries from Jonathan Williams, Jordan Wilkins, and Naheem Hines. Now now their, their star guard, uh, Quentin Nelson, is also involved. So I didn't watch that game. Whoever saw that game, uh, if, if you could tweet at me and tell me what were the circumstances behind... Uh, Quentin Nelson actually getting a carry. It it was it doesn't look like it was a fumble recovery to me. It looked like it looks like he registered an actual rushing attempt, and I would love to know what the hell that was, how that happened, how that came to be. Uh, I I mean he didn't go anywhere. It was uh it was one carry for zero yards, but uh, I want to know if that was designed or how wrong does something have to go for your quarterback to stick the ball in the midsection of your left guard. I, I would love to know what happened there. So somebody somebody enlighten me of how that came to be. Uh, so again, yeah, Bo Scarborough, that's, uh, that's the type of guy that you, you, you look around at, the, at the, the fab for the rest of the, the league who are the guy who are who are the people that you're playing against who are likely going after running backs? How much fab do they have? What does it take to outbid them? And that's what you do. So I, I'm I don't think that there's an all-in play here, but I think that for week twelve, Bo Scarborough is gonna be the highest priority. Uh unless you again, if you need quarterback help, Jeff Driscoll uh could could easily be your top priority instead. Uh, Jonathan Williams and Jordan Wilkins are both they're both right there for, as well for contenders. Uh, some guys who can help both contenders and rebuilds. And uh, so this is going to get a little bit more dicey because there's a much 
a, a much bigger market for these wide receivers. First of all, Tim Patrick, and, and one of the favorites here on the Superflex Super Show. We've talked about him throughout the season. Uh, we've been giving him on the SOPs as a, as a next week, this week type of pickup and stash. And we even talked about him in the offseason uh, as being, you know, very likely the number two option, uh, one, of the, one of the top three options in the Broncos passing game. And that was when Emmanuel Sanders was on the roster. We were still talking about Tim Patrick. Now, we didn't think that Emmanuel Sanders was going to be healthy. Uh, we certainly didn't predict Emmanuel Sanders, you know, being healthy and then getting traded. But it, it, at the end of the day, we just speculated that at some point, Tim Patrick is going to be that perimeter wide receiver opposite Cortland Sutton, who can stretch the defense He's going to see this softer coverage, and that's exactly how this played out against Minnesota. Now, you still got a massive game from Cortland Sutton. First of all, the matchup with Xavier Rhodes is not nearly as tough as it used to be. And second, Cortland Sutton, is he he's a big enough, physical enough wide receiver that he still presented a major matchup problem for Xavier Rhodes. Tim Patrick, though, was still ultra involved in this game he had a he had the better matchup on the other side against Trey Waynes uh so he was third on the team in targets with eight he came down with four of them for 77 yards they're definitely looking for him deep uh he had a couple catches that were called back uh due to uh due to holding calls uh he had some some balls that were just barely overthrown uh, by Brandon Allen. So, I mean, when when you tighten up that quarterback situation, this is going to be a, this is the long term look of that Broncos offense is Sutton and Patrick, and then Noah Fant running, you know, either in line from the tight end position or or you know motioning to the slot, and all of a sudden that's a ton of firepower. But Tim Patrick just gives an immediate boost of offense uh, to the Denver Broncos passing attack, and we're already seeing dividends. This week, Denver plays uh, the Buffalo Bills. Tredavious White is going to be a much tougher matchup for Cortland Sutton than Xavier Rhodes was. So there's a chance that we get to see a lot more Tim Patrick this week, making this your last chance to get Tim Patrick relatively cheap. Now's the time to pick him up. You you shouldn't have to spend very much. Honestly, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 5% of your uh of your starting fab budget. Uh maybe even of your remaining budget. It, you know, it it might be you know, if if everybody's down to $20, $30 of fab, you might in and your big stack, you might be able to get him for two or three dollars uh hunter renfro and to me hunter renfro is is the he's the bigger priority than than tim patrick uh tim patrick i think is more explosive hunter henry hunter renfro sorry he he is he's a bigger part of his offense and therefore is going to give you a, a much higher floor a safer floor than tim patrick but since week eight he leads the team he leads the Oakland Raiders in targets, catches, 
and receiving yards. This is a priority for John Gruden's offense. They want Hunter Renfro involved. They want to use him to move the chains. So if a, a slot receiver in a, a West Coast-style offense, all of a sudden Hunter Renfro is, is challenging Tyrell Williams for the more valuable fantasy football asset. So it, you're, you're probably going to have to spend... It, Hunter Renfro might be flying under the radar a little bit, which helps. Uh, you might be able to get him cheap, but I'm still going to plan on spending somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 15% of your starting budget uh, to get Hunter Renfro. And he's absolutely worth that because this this looks to be a long-term proposition with him. Alan Hearns is another guy that uh, you can get super cheap. You might not even have to put a waiver claim on him. You might be able to get him in first come, first serve. We still added him as, a, as an ad here uh, just to just in case for those deeper leagues. Alan Hearns still ends up being available in some very deep leagues. So, you know, if, if, if some of these other guys that we're talking about, Renfro and Tim Patrick, uh, if they're not on – your uh, your waivers because you know it's deep enough rosters that they're already owned. Alan Alan Hearns all of a sudden becomes a pretty high priority. So uh, six targets, four of he caught four of them for fifty three yards. Everybody in that offense in the Miami Dolphins offense got six catch or six targets this past week. Uh, Alan Hearns just did more with them than most. And they also just extended the the contract of Alan Hearns. They gave him a two-year contract extension uh, going into week 11. So the Dolphins seem pretty sold on Alan Hearns. They seem to feel like he's, he's going to be a long-term part of the offense. Uh, you're looking at a new quarterback probably in, in, in 2020. In all probability, you're probably getting one of, the, one of these rookie quarterbacks. Uh, all of a sudden, Tua is right back in play, even though it looks like the number one pick goes to Cincinnati. It's it's starting to look like maybe that's Joe Burrows, and uh, you've got you've got Tua back there uh, throwing the ball to a group of wide receivers that you know very well could include another rookie, and I think Alan Hearns is kind of going to be the safety blanket. So. Uh, as much as I hate to give up on Albert Wilson, uh, the the dream may be dead here, but Alan Hearns is a nice consolation prize. And then finally at the tight end position, Ryan Griffin led the Jets in uh, both targets, catches, and uh, receiving yards. Um, he also got in the end zone. Chris Herndon is on IR. This is officially the job of Ryan Griffin, and he has been. He it, it it turns out that it wasn't so much about you know Chris Herndon and his talent, his size and his speed. It was just the fact that Sam Darnold wants to use the tight end position. So Ryan Griffin is the guy, essentially unopposed, and uh, he's he's gotten in the end zone I believe four straight weeks now so he's 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 turning into one of the safer tight end options in the entire league and then Jacob Hollister a kind of an out of sight out of mind type of thing uh he probably got added after his two touchdown performance in week 10 
week 11, the the Seattle Seahawks had a bye. Uh, So if Jacob Hollister is still out there on waivers and people have forgotten what a red zone monster he's turned into for the Seahawks, now's the time to pick up Jacob Hollister. Uh, on to the rest of this, uh, which, uh, which always goes a lot faster, but real quick, just, just some guys you can drop. So I think that we all, every single league probably had that guy who ran out and picked up that person. Sorry. I always do that. That, that fantasy player who went out and picked up Colin Kaepernick when we heard that he was going to be working out for NFL uh, executives and scouts and then uh, when the news cycle came around that Rob Gronkowski had a big announcement to make on Tuesday I think that he probably got picked up in a lot of lot of leagues too but let's drop them both this isn't happening so first of all let's start with Gronk real quick just because this is this is short and simple he made the announcement it's that he's having a party in Miami for the Super Bowl which in in related news water is wet like like we didn't know that rob gronkowski was going to be partying all over south beach during the super bowl like regardless of if he's on an nfl team or not it was not a big announcement that's that's like saying that i'm i'm announcing right now for everybody i've got a big announcement after i get done podcasting i'm gonna go sit on my couch and watch reruns of Parks and Rec. There you go. There's my big Gronk-like announcement. Rob Gronkowski not coming back, at least not in 2019. Feel free to drop him. Super deep leagues, super deep dynasty leagues, I suppose you can continue to stash him. But he's at the end of your bench at this point. If you need roster space, Gronk is the guy to drop. And then as far as Colin Kaepernick goes, we I, I don't want to get into the politics side of it. The problem is, and I mentioned this on the FF Mercenaries live show on Sunday morning. Check that out. Every Sunday morning we go through start sits uh, and game previews and even give you some plug-and-play players uh, if you're in a pinch. But we talked about Colin Kaepernick. Again, I, I don't want to talk about the political side of it. But the problem is this is nothing but politics. It's it's a, a former football player in caught in the eye of a political hurricane. And he's just as much a part of it as the NFL is. Is there any desire in the NFL for Colin Kaepernick to be an NFL quarterback, to be on an NFL roster? No, of course not. They, they have absolutely no desire to see him kneeling on the sideline. Wherever you stand on that, just leave it at that. They don't want the PR side of what it takes to have Colin Kaepernick on your roster. That's why the NFL set up this, this workout on a Saturday when actual decision makers, actual NFL decision makers are focusing on their upcoming opponent. I mean, the the day to to do it, if you are really interested in letting Colin Colin Kaepernick work out and, in a meaningful way and show what he can do, and in front of you know NFL head coaches and offensive coordinators and general managers, 
you do it on Tuesday when nobody's nobody's practicing, nobody's thinking yet about about the upcoming week. That's when you do the workout. You do it Saturday, the day before everybody's playing an all important NFL game. All you're getting is low level scouts who happen to already be in the area and just acting like this is done in earnest. Like this is a genuine opportunity for Colin Kaepernick to catch somebody's eye and catch on with an NFL team. That's not the case. They don't want that. They just want to CYA essentially. On the Kaepernick side of it though, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't want to be playing either and that's why there were still theatrics involved as he canceled the workout and moved it to a different location uh and um, you know, there was there was a lot more talk about who wasn't there than who was there, and there was a lot more talk about you know what what he stands for than uh, what he can do for an NFL franchise. So again, I I I don't want to take a side here, especially politically. So all I'm going to say is you can drop Colin Kaepernick from your dynasty rosters because Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play any more than, than the NFL wants him to play. They're, that's the one thing that both sides agree on, is that Colin Kaepernick does, should not be on an NFL roster. And if he's not on, on an NFL roster, we don't want him on our dynasty rosters. And then finally, Mark Walton. And again, I, this, is, this, this is all just kind of news cycle stuff. There, there aren't very many guys left to drop based on merit. Uh, at this point, we're we're talking about guys who are just not going to be on NFL rosters. Mark Walton, uh, with the accusations on Mark Walton, I have a hard time believing that any team is going to be willing to take a chance on him, even after suspensions have been levied and served. I don't think we see Mark Walton in an NFL uniform ever again. Just drop him. Regardless of the format, just get rid of him. On to some buys. I think Marlon Mack actually is a buy for a rebuilding roster. And here's the problem. So Marlon Mack, fractured hand. We're we're not going to get to talk to uh, Dr. Ethan Turner this week about injuries, which is unfortunate because uh, this is one that I'd really like to ask him about. But but the good doctor's dealing with some uh, some personal issues and uh um podcasting always always comes second to uh to real life so all i'll say is uh um if you wouldn't mind sending your thoughts and prayers for for dr ethan uh we would all really appreciate it here at the Superflex super show so so i uh all i'm left to do here is is play doctor a little bit uh i'm i'm always happy to do it uh, I just cannot promise any level of accuracy, but Marlon Mack with a fractured hand, typically a broken bone takes four to six weeks to heal, generally closer to six. Uh, I, I think that we're probably looking at Marlon Mack missing the rest of the regular season. The problem, though, is that the Indianapolis Colts are in playoff contention. There's a good chance that they get to the playoffs, especially in what's turning out to be a fairly weak division, as as uh, some of the uh, the other teams in the AFC South start to fall off. 
all of a sudden, this is the Colts' division to lose. If, and assuming they make it into the playoffs, they're going to bring back Mark. Uh, they're going to bring back Marlon Mack for the playoff run. So they're not going to put him on IR, but you're not going to see him again in the regular season. For fantasy football purposes, you know, in a redraft league, you can just drop him outright. But in dynasty leagues, he's going to clog up a roster spot. And if, if, you know, if you're in one of those leagues where you can only deactivate a player to IR if they're actually on IR, then Marlon Mack's not going to be eligible. He's going to clog up a roster spot for the rest of the season. And there are going to be some contenders who are going to have a hard time with that. You want to go add Bo Scarborough or Jonathan Williams, but you still have Marlon Mack taking up a a spot on your active roster. I think that there's a chance that, that those contenders end up selling Marlon Mack to make some room. And for a rebuild, I think you could do a lot worse than buying low on Marlon Mack right now. Uh, Cam Newton, it, it, it's kind of the same thing, although I, he's at least eligible for IR. He at least gets that IR designation. His season is over. But I think that there are a lot of Cam Newton owners right now who are going to be a little bit nervous about that foot injury. Uh, th- he, there was also a shoulder injury. There was kind of a lot of injuries piling up on Cam Newton over the course of the last you know, two or three years, in fact. And there, there's probably going to be the sentiment out there that Cam Newton's best days are behind him. There's also a lot of speculation that Cam Newton, that the Carolina Panthers move on from Cam Newton, that he's no longer the starting quarterback next season. And I'll be honest, I was in that same camp. I've kind of done a 180 at this point. I think... I, I don't think that it's a given. I certainly don't think that it's a given anymore. Kyle Allen has been fine, uh, but I don't think that he's done enough to make them feel like they can confidently move on from Cam Newton. First of all, this this all is also based on the idea that Cam Newton comes back fully healthy, which that Liz Frank surgery, that's exactly what's meant to happen here. He's going to rehab that foot and by, you know, minicamp OTAs, he's going to be fully healthy. For the first time in several years now, you're going to have a Cam Newton who hasn't gone through the rigors of an NFL season. He hasn't gone through, you know, the the voluntary workouts. He's just been rehabbing his body. And I think you give Cam Newton back at full strength. And so that's regardless of what team he lands on. I still think there's a chance that he sticks with the 40 or with the Carolina Panthers. I think that he, you know, where you've, where you've got Christian McCaffrey taking some of the pressure off, you've got all of a sudden you've got an excellent receiving core with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and you've got an opportunity to add to it in the NFL draft. This could be the best offense that Cam Newton has had when he comes back to it, if he comes back to it. Even if he doesn't, he he lands on a, on an NFL team where he's going to get a starting job, and it's not going to be just as a bridge quarterback, I don't believe. I think that there's a good chance that he's brought in to be the, 
the franchise quarterback somewhere because there's no guarantees that you're going to find anybody even half as good as Cam Newton in this NFL draft. As good as these rookie quarterbacks look, there's absolutely no guarantees that they're anywhere close to Cam Newton, who, by the way, does have an NFL MVP under his belt. Cam Newton, I think, is a very good buy, uh, uh, particularly for rebuild uh, for your dynasty teams. Obviously, this is strictly dynasty, but regardless of your situation, if you've got the roster space and the means to go get him, now's the time to buy Cam Newton. And then finally, Gardner Minshew, who was obviously replaced by Nick Foles. Uh, Foles comes off of IR, comes back from the from the injury, and reclaims a starting job, did not look particularly impressive. Now, there's he's he's going to get a couple more weeks here, minimum, to, to solidify that role. And there's a chance that he does it. I don't think that he gives you anything that Gardner Minshew didn't already provide. In fact, I think Gardner Minshew is the more... It, it, Gardner Minshew probably has that locker room, in all honesty. So, and it, there's value in that. So, I think there's a fairly short leash for Nick Foles, and I don't think that he's going to be able to avoid choking himself with it. I really think that Gardner Minshew, at some point here in 2019, reclaims that starting job. And if not, at the very least, by 2020, I think. Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So regardless of your situation, contender rebuild does not matter. Gardner Minshew, you can buy him right now based on the fact that he's a backup and feel confident with the likelihood that when he does come back, you're getting the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Marlon Mack, I brought him up as a buy. I'm also going to bring him up as a sell. And he's my only real sell candidate right at the moment. So real quick, when we talk buys and sells, I know that in a lot of leagues, the the trade deadline is passed. So we're kind of talking more dynasty, uh, in particular, uh, the leagues with you know later trade, trade deadlines or no trade deadlines. Uh, which, uh, I mean, to me, that's the ideal situation. In a dynasty league, I don't know why you would ever stop trading. Uh, so um, if commissioners out there, consider getting rid of that trade deadline altogether. I, I don't think that it's necessary in a dynasty league. Uh, but anyways, Marlon Mack, uh, as much as he's a buy candidate in a, uh, in a, for a rebuilding team, I think a contender, for all the reasons I laid out, I think that you might want to sell Marlon Mack. I think that he's going to be a little bit of a roster clogger uh, for the rest of the season because he's not going to get placed on IR. Um, He's not going to have a designation that that allows you to stash him on IR. So he's going to have to stay on your active roster and uh, get in the way of your ability to pick up, again, you know, a Bo Scarborough or a Jonathan Williams. Uh, one last segment here, and uh, I'm actually going to break it into to two small bite-sized segments. Um, but this is one that, uh, that that we've had quite a bit of success with throughout the season and uh, has been kind of a, a staple of the Superflex Super Show SOPs episodes. 
but this is called Next Week This Week with the idea being you pick this guy up for free or close to it off of waivers right now. And uh, next week when the guy becomes a high waiver priority and you have to spend a significant amount of your fab to get him, you already got him for cheap or free. You've got him at a, at a virtual, at a, at a massive discount, and you can use that fab money elsewhere. So get out ahead of it now. First of all, next week, this week, the first one is going to be Tyrod Taylor. Man, Phillip Rivers is brutal. He looks absolutely horrible. Now, the saying has always been that the most popular guy in town is the backup quarterback. Well, here in 2019, that popularity contest has actually been, uh, it's actually meant something. We've actually seen this play out. We've seen quarterbacks getting benched for poor play. We saw it with Marcus Mariota. We saw it with, uh, you know, we saw Jared Goff come out for Blake Bortles at one point. Uh, we saw Joe Flacco uh, get get not only benched but placed on IR. And I mean, it, maybe his injury is is legit. I'm not totally convinced. Ditto with Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Chase Daniel. Are we totally convinced that that Mitchell Trubisky was bench was brought out because of an injury? I mean, he's been so bad for so long that there's a very good chance that that was just a, hey, let's we'll make up the injury later. Let's just get him the hell out of there. And then you know we saw we've seen it with Ryan Fitzpatrick getting benched for Josh Rosen, and then Josh Rosen getting for Ryan Fitzpatrick. NFL teams are not afraid to make a quarterback change right now. If the quarterback is putting you in a bad spot and you know, making you start to look more to the future, they're willing to make that move and see what they've got. Ryan Finley taking over for Andy Dalton. I, I don't know how that how I missed that one. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Philip Rivers has seven, eight, <laughs> uh, seven, seven interceptions over the last two weeks. And in mass crucial losses to division opponents. The L.A. Chargers are falling out of playoff contention, and it's largely on the shoulders of their longtime star quarterback. At what point do they pull him out and see what do we have with Tyrod Taylor? Can he salvage this season? If not, can we you know, start to plan for 2020 and beyond, a.k.a. the post-Philip Rivers era? It's coming. This this move is coming. Tyrod Taylor is the backup, and he's one of the more effective backups in the entire league. Uh, he's he's got the resume. We we know what Tyrod Taylor can do. It's just a matter of time before we see him get on the field. Devin Funches is another guy. He's coming back from IR. Uh, the uh, much needed for the Indian, Indianapolis Colts when they're throwing the ball to Marcus Johnson. It's, you know, it, it's, they're, they're running out of options. They could use some offensive firepower. T.Y. Hilton will be back at some point as well. But now you lose Marlon Mack. It, you've you've got to have some offensive playmakers. They've already designated Devin Funches as a guy to come back off of IR. Pick him up now before he's eligible to come back 
and then uh, it, you've you've got one of the top two potentially wide receivers on a very good Colts offense. Finally, Dion Kane, former teammate of Devin Funchess, cut by Indianapolis. He lands with Pittsburgh. The Steelers were relying on Johnny Holton, and uh, he got uh, seven targets and looks like one catch. Uh, I, the, the, it's it's another team that's that's really kind of struggling to find guys who can catch the ball and make something happen right now. It seems like Mason Rudolph does seem to favor James Washington. We kind of saw that coming. College teammates, uh, they you know they've come up through the organization together. Uh, that that one just makes total sense. Juju Smith-Schuster is still the alpha on that team, but beyond that, you know Deontay Johnson is is certainly there for him. Uh, you know on on some deep balls now. Deontay Johnson in a concussion protocol, and it was a scary looking one. If you haven't seen that replay, I mean, Deontay Johnson wobbled off the field with blood coming out of his ear. That's not a good sign, and that's not something that I'm willing to count on being a one-week injury. He he uh, he very well could be in a concussion protocol for multiple weeks. In the meantime, they're looking for options. Vance McDonald was involved in the passing game, uh, which happens you know a couple times every single season. Uh, Jalen Samuels was uh, was one of the top options for Mason Rudolph, but again, when when you're relying on Johnny Holton and when you're throwing to Johnny Holton seven times, only able to complete one, uh, it, it shows a lack of firepower. I think Deion Kane might just be the uh, the injection of talent that this team needs. The other half of this segment that I want to do though is next year, this year. So the same idea, guys who this time next year are going to be uh, an integral part of your uh, of your Superflex roster. Um, so pick them up now, especially if you're kind of in a rebuild mode type of of situation. If you're not contending and you're you're looking for young players who are going to help you get back on track, here's some guys to pick up now. And get ready to use them in 2020. Nick Mullins, who uh, he'll be a free agent after this season, uh, I believe. I'm going to confirm that while I keep talking. But uh, Nick Mullins should uh, is is we saw how well he played uh, in uh, 2018. He was very effective in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo and C.J. Bethard. It's an embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position, by the way, for the San Francisco 49ers. So there, there's a good chance that, uh, that Nick Mullins moves on here and uh, finds a starting role somewhere, whether it's as a bridge quarterback or not. He likely has a starting role somewhere in 2020. At least that's the belief, and that's, that's the gamble that we're willing to make with something like this. Uh, Matt Breda, same team. Um, and honestly, kind of the same situation. Restricted free agent after this season. An embarrassment of riches at, at running back for the 49ers. They'll have, you know, you've still got Tevin Coleman. You've still got Raheem Mostert, who at times looks like the best running back on that entire team. 
Jeffrey Wilson is kind of your hammer, and it, and there's you probably get Jarek McKinnon back next year as well to help out with you know kind of the passing game. Matt Breda is a do it all back, but he's really kind of the odd man out uh, as far as as you know you you kind of in the aggregate you've got everything that you need with those other guys. It's it's going to be hard for them to find to be able to rationalize hanging on to Matt Breda, bringing him back, especially at the tender that he's going to likely get offered in uh, in the off season. There's a good chance that he that he moves on somewhere else and finds a starting job on another NFL roster. And then finally, Justin Jackson, who so both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler are unrestricted free agents after the 2019 season. Melvin Gordon is as good as gone. There's kind of no reason to pay Melvin Gordon what it's going to take to bring him back. Austin Eckler could be a different story. He certainly is going to be significantly cheaper than Melvin Gordon. But we also... Austin Eckler is is kind of best utilized as more of a change of pace, you know, the the pass catching type of back. So, you know, there it, it even if they were to bring Austin Eckler back, I think the San Diego the sorry, the LA Chargers are looking for a new, you know, lead back. They're looking for somebody to replace Melvin Gordon. I don't know that they want to necessarily do that with Austin Eckler. Justin Jackson has filled that role. He's going to be back on the roster. They, you know, they may draft somebody. They may spend significant draft capital on somebody. All this, although all of a sudden, I mean, they have much more glaring needs. First, you've got to figure out the quarterback situation. That's kind of first and foremost. Is Philip Rivers? Good. If is he is he gonna carry you for another year or two? I mean, he's he he's kind of the the reason for the downfall right at the moment. I don't know that you want to count on him. Um, but you know, and and so if they're not, you're you're looking with early draft capital. You're looking at a quarterback. You also need some help along the offensive line. You need some help in the defensive secondary. You've got all the pass rush in the world, but it, it it doesn't help you if that defensive secondary can't stop anybody. If you can't lock somebody up long enough for Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram to get to the, the opposing quarterback, then it, it, you you just you have no chance at winning in this league. So there there are gonna be some pretty glaring needs for this for the Chargers. I don't know that running back can be a priority for them. The most likely scenario here, to me, is Melvin Gordon's gone. Justin Jackson steps into that lead back role. Austin Eckler keeps the role that he has now as the the satellite plus type of guy. So there's a good chance. And and at the very least, you're going to get that type of value out of Justin Jackson, at least for a little while. From between free agency when Melvin Gordon signs with another team and the NFL draft when possibly the Chargers draft a running back, between those two moments in that window, Justin Jackson is the lead back, the feature back for the Chargers. 
and you're gonna you're gonna have that type of trade value in him. So pick him up right now. By the way, yeah, Nick Mullins is a uh, is a free agent. Uh, it, it's a it's a uh, what the hell is this kind of free agent free agent called? Uh, not a restricted free agent, um, but uh, it's exclusive free agent there you go he's an exclusive free agent exclusive restricted free agent uh after the uh 2019 season so kind of the same type of thing as uh as matt breda uh it's there's he's going to be available it's going to be a little bit expensive but i think people are going to be nfl teams are going to be willing to pay it to get an experienced quarterback like Nick Mullins, who's demonstrated the ability to run that Kyle Shanahan offense. Nick Mullins makes a ton of sense in uh, for the Denver Broncos, by the way, with Rich reunited with Rich Scangarello. I don't, I, 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 I don't know if that's the route that they take. Maybe Drew Locke is actually something, but. Either way, there's there's likely going to be a role out there for Nick Mullins. Another great spot for him would be with the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers replacing Jameis Winston, who absolutely is going to be replaced by somebody. So there you have it. SOPs for Week 12 for your Superflex Leagues. Don't forget to check out... Man, it's it's a it's a little tough right now to tell you exactly what shows you're gonna get. We're still gonna do start sits. Uh, we've got a lot of co-hosts right now dealing with some some very real life type of uh, scenarios. Um, we're we're very understaffed here in week twelve, but we're gonna do our best to get you all the start sits at the end of the week. We won't have. Dr. Ethan for the injury report, but we're still going to do our best to wade through all of it. We're also planning to do a uh, a live a live show and uh, where Stompy and I can yell at one another, and uh, the big Irish John McGlynn can uh, can hang out and uh, uh, try and mediate if he wants. I suppose I don't know. Best of luck with that, but. And uh, we're, we'll start to transition a little bit more into more of a dynasty approach going forward. We, we don't want to totally abandon those of you who have made it through your Superflex season into the playoffs and uh, are going to make a run for your fantasy championship. We still want to be a part of that and, uh, and assist in any way that we can. But for those who have uh, who your season is over, and you're trying to look ahead to 2020, we also want to start to transition a little bit more into that line of thinking as well. So uh, plenty coming up from the Superflex Super Show as we try and get back to our normal schedule starting in week 13, get you as many episodes as we can here in week 12. Uh, So make sure you're following at Superflex Show for show announcements and... uh, um, and again, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the DLF family Omega feed and keep up with this and all of the great podcasts from DLF. 
Once again, I am John Hogue at SuperFlexDude on Twitter. This has been your Week 12 Superflex Standard Operating Procedures. Now go execute.